Welcome to the Step In, Step Up podcast. This is a conversation designed to help you get the most out of your Step In, Step Up journey. Today, we have a great episode, so get ready. All right, and welcome back to the Step In, Step Up podcast. Thank you guys so much for being our loyal listeners. We would like to thank the literally dozens of you that are yes, out there. at least two dozen who, who are on the Step In, Step Up journey with us. Um, this, has been, this has been a big week for the podcast uh, because uh, we are Step In, Step Up podcast hosts. Shout out to Mary Lou Ullman, who is one of those two dozen listeners. Thanks, Mom. I appreciate it. Uh, but we're also NBA fans. Um, you guys don't know this. Jeremy is a wellspring of NBA knowledge, so I'm just going to ma- ask you to make a few predictions. This has nothing to do with serving, and I'm sorry. This cost <laughs> us four listeners. We're down to 20. Uh-huh. But for the 20 of you, here's three NBA questions. Uh, number one, where's Kawhi going to end up? Oh my gosh. Uh, if you would ask me any other player, I'd be way more confident. I'm going to say the Lakers, but if he wound up playing in Greece next summer, I would not be surprised. But I'll say Lakers. Okay. Uh, you pick one team right now to bet against the rest of the NBA field. Who would you pick? For the title next year? Yes. If Kawhi goes to the Lakers, I would say the Lakers. But he, No, you can't say that, though. Okay, so right, okay, being right as now. they are. And we'll say Kawhi stays in Toronto. Man, Portland and Utah look really strong with what they've done in the offseason and just strong in general. But I'll say, uh, I'll say, gosh, Sixers out of the East. No, one team against the field, though. Oh, um, man, I'll take, I'll take Portland. Portland against the field? If, if, if. The Lakers don't get Kawhi. Okay. Anyways, uh, we're going to talk about stepping in and stepping up. Now, uh, this coming Sunday at Momentum, we're shifting our emphasis for the step in, step up. Uh, we are pumped when we said we had a goal for people to grow spiritually and, and attend our Walking with the Holy Spirit training. Uh, we were blessed. We had a goal of 50 people. We ended up with over 70, 75 people in that thing. Shout out. Um, we're going to talk about stepping in and stepping up as we serve to actually um, – Join in in the ministry that we do at and through Momentum by filling a volunteer role. Um, Our goal in the month of July is that 20 people uh, would join teams. 20 people would say, I want to serve. I want to get after it. Um, So that being said, we're going to talk about um, the volunteer of the week each week. Uh, So you can look on Facebook for a wonderful photo. Um, Every week, we're going to talk about the volunteer of the week, and you can win. Uh, If you are volunteer of the week, we'll be honored with one of those really nice coffee tumblers with the Momentum logo on it, and it is the small, small way for us to say thank you for everything. Jeremy, tell them about this week's Momentum Volunteer okay, of the Week. Okay, so there are so many different people we could choose for this. We have, some, right. we have some amazing volunteers. But there is one person who every single Sunday, I am always blessed just by her presence. I am blessed to be around her. She does things other people wouldn't want to do. She has every reason in the book to not serve. And yet every Sunday they, she is there, I am talking about no one other than the infamous and wonderful Donna Maddie. Donna Maddie, shout out. 
Okay, Donna Maddie each Sunday yeah, this gets there super early before almost anybody else. She's cleaning the bathrooms. She's setting them up to look nice. Mm-hmm. She's making it a place where if you're uh, – you got to remember, we use a rented facility. So there's been parties there that no, week. You don't want to been... see those bathrooms yeah. when we show up at 7 in the morning before Donna gets to them. It's a different place. And so Donna, who is – I'm not going to guess her age, but let's just say she could easily choose not to do this, yeah. gets there every single Sunday, makes it look awesome, cleans it all up super nice, is giving everybody a hug, is asking best everybody. Best hug in the momentum. Well, yeah. she's in the top five for best hugs in the momentum family. Absolutely. Top five. Absolutely. Has an incredible story about Calls her Calls you sweetie life. for crying out loud. And so, Donna, Maddie, we are blessed to yes. be serving in a church that you are a part of. You are this Momentum's volunteer of the week. Yep, we love you. We're grateful. And so... With all of that being said, let's just talk about volunteering. Let's talk about serving. Let's talk about the yeah. huge need for that. And um, honestly, sometimes instead of asking questions, sometimes it's good just to hear a story. Matt, why don't you just kind of tell us tell us a little bit about your journey in serving, oh, yeah. your uh, story about serving. Um, okay. I, I, golly, it is, it's a long, not glamorous series of events that led me from volunteering in a church one day to still serving Jesus uh, in this capacity as a pastor. You know, honestly, my serving journey uh, is really about the journey of becoming saved. Like getting saved and serving others for me just happened at the exact same time. I tell you guys this in sermons. If you've been to New to Momentum, you know my story. I was a mess, and I was good at being a mess, and I got to be so good at being a mess. Um, I got completely lost and completely messed up. Um, uh, drug and alcohol issues and almost getting kicked out of school and um, dealing with loneliness and thinking I had everything, but at the same time, having, I mean, all the stuff. I mean, uh, I always say there, there's times when your life gets so dark that it's hard to tell the darkness around you um, from the darkness within you. And I experienced that. And then uh, at a camp in Colorado, Long story short, I had an encounter with the grace of God, and I found out that there was a God. He loved me in spite of me and sent his son to cover me and forgive me um, by taking my punishment on the cross. And that literally changed everything about me when I grabbed a hold of it. Uh, And I found everything I'd been looking for. Um, a peace for my mind, confidence for my soul, and, and a freedom from guilt that were just tangible. And I literally kind of woke up the next day and started a Bible study for a group of younger guys. Um, these were just guys from um, the school I went to. And I, I didn't say, hey, I'm going to serve. But I go, oh my gosh, my life's been transformed this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I want as many people as possible to find what I found. And so I guess um, it wasn't very formal. There wasn't a connection card or something like this. For me, I was like, it was like finding a good restaurant. I, you may, I mean, okay, yeah. if you're around me, you know I like good food. And, and I love finding a new restaurant that I love. And I instantly find a place I love. And the next thing I do is I tell people about it because I 
I, I don't know why you wouldn't. And, and I think we see that in the scripture too. Um, you go to John 4, um, Jesus has that encounter with the woman at the well. And instantly after having your life put together by Jesus, she goes and tells the town. Um, you got the blind man that Jesus healed, and, and, and he instantly goes back to his family and begins to share the story of the difference. I think that's something very natural. And as a, a, a pastor I know said, save people, serve people. And I think a very natural way um, to reflect what God's done in you is to play a, any part you can in helping people find the God who found you. All right. So are you saying, though, that serving is the same as telling other people about Jesus and bringing your friends to church? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a connection between the two. Um, my, my favorite serve passage, if I don't answer your question directly, re-ask it. But I think of the psalm where, where David says better, um, yeah, how does he say it? To be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Um, the exact reference is in the psalm somewhere. And he says, uh, he refers to this idea of being a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. And basically, it is playing a servant's role in welcoming people into the presence of God. If you are good at telling people about things, then tell people about things. But it doesn't have to be that. Um, If you say, you know what, I want to hold pens at the front door of Momentum, smile and say, have a great morning to people. So they have a pen that they can take notes on the Word of God with when it's preaching a sermon. You're a doorkeeper. You're ushering people into the God who found you. If it's signing up to to love on a kid and to hold a kid so mom has a nice, peaceful environment to go in and worship and to be fed, you're holding the door open. And so I'd say, I'd say no, it's not necessarily going and telling people, um, but it's finding a way, large or small, um, to give up your time and energy to help people connect to God. Okay. Yeah, that made perfect sense. I'm totally tracking. Let me ask you this, though. What happens if, and this happened to me, I started off in college Mm. thinking I was going to be a finance major. (laughs) I got two years into it. I was like, this is awful. I've got to do something different. What happens if I start serving? Let's say I think, man, I'm going to be the person in the parking lot, waving people in, pointing to the right spot, helping them come in. And I do it and I'm doing it for like two months. I'm like, this is awful. If I have to do this one more week, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, what do you do? When it's just, you've, you've started volunteering and it's the wrong spot and the wrong fit. Okay, okay, this is perfect. I'm going to flip this interview on you and I'll ask you a question. You decided you didn't like being a finance major. What would you do next? Literally, like, not yeah. what you signed up for. What was your next move? Um, I started thinking about, okay, like, what do I actually like? What do I actually want to do? Okay, so you started considering that. Then what would you do? Uh, I started, I, I went back and I actually, I talked to a couple people, um, said, Hey, this is not working out for me. Um, I'm thinking about maybe making a move over to this major. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just started seeing the exploring if like, can I, can I do that? What's the process? What does that look like? Okay. So there was another major. What in, what major yeah. did you end up taking? Um, English education. Okay. You did English ed. Did you, you finished yeah. that degree? Yeah. Did you, then what'd you do? Did you get a job? Yeah. I started, I became a middle school English teacher. Became a middle school English yeah. teacher. Um, and, and here's a, okay, hang on, let's keep going. You were a middle school English teacher, but during that, we're going to tell about our cubicle story. Just, <laughs> while you were a middle school English teacher, you did what? I started volunteering in the middle school ministry at a uh, church in Southern Indiana. Okay. And then if I understand correctly, because we had cubicles next to one another, yeah. they asked you to intern. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, came on staff. Yeah, you came on staff as an intern. Then, what was the next step? You became an associate. Yeah, school. I became a yeah, middle school pastor. Yeah, a middle school pastor. Exactly. Uh, you know, there's a there's a natural chain of events from you going, "Hey, I don't like finance." To I'm going to pursue, 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 and I would encourage anybody serving to do the exact same thing within the kingdom of God. You got to try the, you got to get in the game to find out in God's kingdom what your passion is, and, and through trial and error, He'll get you there. Maybe I got this wild idea that maybe, just maybe, God is big enough. Knowing enough and powerful enough to help us get where we're supposed to be, even if we make a few of the wrong choices in the meantime. And that's my thing. Um, I don't currently lead a small group. Momentum Secret, I am one of our worst small group leaders. I'm so type A. I, I, I ask a question. And then I have an answer in my mind that I think each, oh, I know what's going on in your life. This is the appropriate answer to this question. Here's what you should probably say. And I sit there and sweat and I'm like, I'm not a good listener. I'm thinking about places to be and how, you know, whatever. And and I'm a bet. I'm actually going to start a small group this fall, by the way, if you want to be in the worst (laughs) small group that momentum has. But I had to find that out. And, and there's, I would just say, I'd say the only way you're going to find out your unique kingdom wiring and the stuff God's put in you is to try and to get in the game. And, and if you don't like it, talk about it and, and figure it out. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. You said, just said, get in the game. Mm-hmm. Like where should, if, if someone's like, okay, I'll, I'm willing to try, I'll, I'll jump in. Where should I jump in? Where should I start? How do I get into the game? Like where does someone start oh, their yeah. serving journey? <sighs> you start you start with the opportunities that are right in front of you. You start when when uh, when Moses and God had a meeting on the backside of that mountain. Um, they had that big famous exchange with the burning bush and the how where will I go? I can't talk I don't know that. And Moses is sorting it all out with God. The first question that God asks Moses is what's in your hand? And, and I think that's a very powerful question because God was going, what have I already put in your hands that you could offer back to me in faithfulness? Now, let me take the Christian knees out of, out of that. It means you look at anything you can do and anything you've been given and you do it and you're faithful with it. Um, if you have two good legs and two good arms, holy cow, you could hold pens at the door at momentum. And I bet God could work with that. If you love a good story and you talk and in any room you end up the center of attention and everybody's listening to your stories. I bet we could point that at your ability to teach kids the word of God on a Sunday. You just take whatever it is, whatever opportunity is in front of you and be faithful with it. Um, for me, going back to my serving journey, um, I was leading that little group of guys in a Bible study 
And uh, the youth pastor who had helped me find Jesus came to me and he goes, Matt, we really need small group. This is I'm a, a college freshman. Um, full of wisdom. Uh, <laughs> and he goes, we really need a small group leader for, we really need a small group leader for this f- group of freshmen. Would you be the small group leader? Here's what it's going to look like. Wait, uh, just, just so I'm clear, you are a college freshman and your high school, and a, a pastor came and asked if you would lead a group for other college freshmen or like high school High freshmen? school freshmen. Okay, gotcha. You know what? I don't remember specifically. I remember I was way too close to those guys in age, but <laughs> we made it. Fair work. enough. Um, yeah, they were, yeah, they were like, we'll say they were high school freshmen. Um, but, but again, I was being faithful with what was in my hand. I started that Bible study. I was approached with another thing. Um, and I began to lead these, this group of guys. I, there was a few small groups that met in a house. Um, I kind of coordinated and made sure everything was going okay in that house. Um, as I led within that house, um, another friend of mine, um, came to me and said, hey, I lead this ministry uh, where we host chapel services in a nursing home and we're looking for somebody who would go preach at it. Would you be the one who does the message and, and gives these people communion at this nursing home? And that was the beginning of serving for me. I, I Again, I, I just was walking. I, I was being faithful. And then the opportunity started to come. And, and I think that's a big deal too. Um, because so many times, um, we want the end and we forget the beginning that's going to lead to the end. I, I, I mean, I think I get where you're going with that, but just unpack that, explain that a little bit more. I think right now, um, it can be so any good idea we have, uh, be that in the church and a ministry you'd like to start, be this a business idea, be this anything. It is so tempting to go, oh my gosh, this is a great idea. Let me create a brand around it, a logo around it. I'll start putting this out in my Instagram story and I'll, I'll build this brand that's going to be this thing overnight. And we totally miss in all these examples, in the Bible, the people who we want to be like, in ministry, the people that we want to serve like, in business or the marketplace, the people we want to lead like, we miss the thousand days that they spent doing jobs that nobody else would do. I preached at that nursing home and a guy in the front row fell asleep with his mouth open backwards in his wheelchair. The nurse came in the middle of my message and checked his freaking pulse. (laughs) But, But that is exactly where God needed me to be to get me ready for where I am now. I like 2 Chronicles 16.9. It says, uh, in the message, Peterson records it like this. God is always on the alert, constantly on the lookout for people who are totally committed to him. And I take that to mean God is looking down in the mud puddles. He's looking in the shadows. And he's looking for the people who are doing the things that nobody else will do which usually are the things that most like, most need to be done. And he's looking for those people serving faithfully to give bigger and better opportunities to. Not the ones who raise their hand and go, I think I should be in charge of this. I've got five ideas for how this could be better, but I don't really want to be a part of working on them. Um, it is the people who are serving quietly with what God's already put in their hands that God wants to give more to, that God wants to bless, and that God wants to take places in, in life and in ministry. All right. Well, let me ask you this, though. So if I'm, 
if I'm ambitious, that all makes sense. If I want to see big things happen, that all makes sense. But what if I'm like, well, why should I serve at all? Mm. I mean, it seems like there's there's people doing stuff anyway. Like, what's in it for me? Why should I serve? Address that whole line of thinking. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'll share a few things that are outside of God said so. Because okay. I think that would be um, a pastor cop out to go. Well, Jesus said so, so you have to. Um, I I I think for one, and, and maybe this will be my this will be my only. I, I would just say this number one thing, and this this only works if you are a Jesus follower who understands that God has a plan for you, who understands that He wants to shape your soul and transform you. And you want to be shaped and transformed. So if you have no God ambitions, if you're like, no, thank you. I like life as it is now. I don't really want to change or grow or transform. Then this will be totally lost on you and that's okay. But if you have a heart for growth or you want to be closer to God than you are now, you want to be more godly than you are right now. There are certain things God, there are certain things that God will only do in your heart when you get into the game. Okay, give me an example. Okay, let me say that better first. There's certain things God will only do in you and can only do in you and through you when you take spiritual responsibility um, for other people. Uh, I was serving. Um, there was I was I was serving uh, in that high school ministry that I first volunteered in, and I'll never forget when a kid named Blake called me as his first phone call when his parents were getting divorced. And he said, Matt, I need your help. And like, you can read books about mourning with those who mourn and underline that passage in your Bible. But when there's a 17-year-old who's trying to figure out whose home he's going to live at and when on the other end of the phone with you, you get a whole new lesson in mourning with those who mourn. Um, I remember... Um, the last church I served at and uh, ended up, um, again, just being faithful with the next thing in front of me, leading a department um, of about six or seven staff members overseeing several hundred kids and different ministries and all this stuff. And I was totally not equipped to be doing what I was doing. That was that was management stuff. That was white-collar work. That was policy, system, structure, culture, climate. And I came from carpentry. And there were so many parts of that job that broke me. I'm used to, hey, you paint this wall, and then when you go home, you're not worried about the wall. That paint's going to dry. In this line of work, you go home, and there's thoughts and concerns and actions and reactions that, that stick with you and weigh, weigh in your heart. Um, there's a whole set of skills that I just didn't have, and I was out on a I was about broken, and I was out on a run one night, and I was praying and just kind of having it out with God, not because I'm so spiritual, because I was so broken and angry. And I just remember saying, I remember saying, God, I can't do this. My dad was a carpenter. And as clear as day, I could hear Jesus say to me the words, mine was too. And those words sat on me like a ton of, all of a sudden there was this grace, this freedom, 
this affinity. And I realized through serving, I grew in my affinity for Jesus. And my understanding is that's what this whole thing is about. John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that you know the one true God and the Son who he sent. And if I didn't get in the game, I didn't serve, and if I didn't get in over my head, Jesus and I would not have that moment together, nor would I have realized how much we actually have in common. And and that part of my faith would not have happened if I was on the sidelines. All right, well, let me ask you this. Um, Say we have somebody that's listening to this right now, and they're like, okay, what do I actually do? Like, what, what, I mean, we're making this big push and step in, step up to get into serving, to start um, taking a step. What would, the, what should they do if they're at church this Sunday? This Sunday, um, I, if my wildest dreams came true, if you go, Matt, what, I, I got it, I'm tracking. It's some real simple steps. In your bulletin this week, you're going to find um, an overview of some of the different ministry areas that we have at Momentum. And you'll find descriptions about all the different areas. Um, for some of us, it'll be uh, kind of eye-opening to go, oh, I didn't even know this was a team at this church. But um, you'll see descriptions of various ministry areas. And I want you to identify the one that feels like you could start out. Again, you don't have to have this perfect, like you don't have to find the exact, you know, oh, it fits my Enneagram and Myers-Briggs and personality wiring and passion. No, find something that resonates with you and walk out to our info table. Uh, you're going to see a display at the info table, step in, step up display. And there's literally going to be little cards on it representing the 20 different positions that we're trying to fill. And, and, and our goal is every time somebody serves, every time somebody steps in, we're going to take one of those cards down. And, and we'd love to hand you one of those cards and to see you sign up to serve in one of these positions, stepping in and stepping up um, to make us a bigger, better, stronger, healthier church. Let me ask you this, Matt. Any last thoughts? Anything as we're kind of wrapping this podcast up that you're like, man, I really want to make sure that they know this, or I want to make sure that this gets communicated, or something that we didn't get to touch on already? Uh, As a pastor, here's one of my pastor dreams. Um, I've heard it said before that great churches are not built on the talents of few, but the sacrifices of many. Uh, I'll say it again. Great churches are not built on the talents of few, but the the sacrifices of many. And I dream of becoming that kind of church. I want to be a church that is built on people stepping in and stepping up saying, I want this church to be my church. I want to take ownership for what's going on here and I want to contribute. Um, So uh, this month you have the opportunity to be a part of that. You can be somebody who steps in and sacrifices and says, I want to help. Um, So together let's run after that dream. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for just sharing your serving story today. Donna Maddie, thank you for being an awesome servant and volunteer at Momentum. And for everybody else, definitely sign up for something this Sunday. And that will do it for this episode of the Step In, Step Up podcast. See you.